I'm Hillary. I'm Emily. And we're the Sirens. Today we are talking about The Best Years of Our Lives, a 1946 film starring Myrna Loy, Frederick March, Dana Andrews, Teresa Wright, Virginia Mayo, and Harold Russell. It's also appearances by a number of actors we have seen in a number of films prior to this one. It was directed by William Wyler and it won seven Academy Awards for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor for Frederick March, Best Supporting Actor for Harold Russell, Best Film Editing uh, for Daniel Mandel, Best Adapted Screenplay by Robert E. Sherwood, and Best Original Score for uh, Howard Friedhofer. So in 1945, three veterans from different parts of the military uh, meet, meet up on a return flight from service at the end of World War II. They travel home together and arrive in their Midwestern hometown of Boone City. And the three of them are a U.S. Air Force bomb- bombardier camp- captain named Fred Derry, U.S. Navy Petty Officer Homer Parrish, and U.S. Army Sergeant Al Stevenson. Each man faces challenges integrating back into civ- civilian life including finding employment, adjusting to a life with a disability, dealing with nightmares, and figuring out how to be a a part of a family again. Three hours later, almost. (laughs) (laughs) Three hours of film in (laughs) Sue. I don't know if you noticed this, Hill, but I saw that this film was listed still as like one of the most popular movies of all time Mm -hmm. and I could see it I mean did it felt very contemporary yes there were a number of things that to me felt very yeah contemporary very modern like everything from like some of the sexuality stuff some of the the like disability accessibility stuff and a lot of the like camera work felt very modern to me yeah it was just the whole tone of it the way it was shot it felt very different from most of the other movies we cover on Mm -hmm. this podcast yeah totally it felt very yeah very dynamic in a lot of ways Um, do you have any trivia about this film well so partly because it's you know three hours long and partly because because it's so well loved there's there is a lot of trivia about this movie so um, I gathered more than probably what I'm gonna share right now so Harold Russell who plays Homer was the first discovered by William Wyler when he saw him in an army training film called Diary of a Sergeant is a film about the rehabilitation of a wounded of well, wounded servicemen. Virginia Mayo read the novel Glory for Me that this uh, movie is based on, and she envisioned envisioned herself as Marie Derry. She plays, um, and the producer Samuel Goldwyn absolutely refused to give her the part, so she like took herself down to a local bar and had photos taken of herself. So that like you know that was her big like ploy to get this part. She was, uh, uh, yeah, so there you go. Um, this was, <laughs> Look, I can hang in bars. <laughs> I can hang in bars and I can be a showgirl. Um, so this is the very first time that Myrna Loy had worked with William Wyler and she was kind of wary of it because of his reputation as quote unquote 90 take Willie, but they got along really well, apparently. Another fun fact is that Myrna Loy was only 13 years older than Teresa Wright, who plays her daughter. Oh. Yeah, I was wondering how old she was supposed to be in the movie. Uh, Teresa Wright? No, the um, Myrna Loy, because yeah. she, you know, her older daughter is basically 
uh, like an adult as an adult yeah yeah Yeah. so I assumed she was in her 40s yeah she's yeah I mean and she would have been in her 40s I think in real life because she was born in like 1905 I think and this movie was 46 so 41 but kind of not quite good yeah she looked good so the salary that Mr. Milton offers Al for his position of small loans officer of $12,000 a year has a value in uh, like updated for modern times of um, $161,000. So Whoa. Living on. Yep. Living large. The scene between Al and Fred at Butch's bar where they're like talking about Peggy is a very cinematically uh like famous movie that's still taught in film schools today just all this like when they're facing each other to when homer comes in and they play the piano he he and um hoagie carmichael play the piano that's that whole like suite of scenes is Mm -hmm. that is very famous um and then when butch tells homer that he can be served any kind of beer it's an indication that homer is under 21 at the time um, the nationwide, um, like, like people were allowed to drink beer uh, before 21, but they had to be 21 to drink liquor. Oh. In fact, I did not know. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that. Although, yeah, I mean, the laws, <laughs> we, we, it's such a weird society where people can go fight in a war, but they can't have a drink. Yeah. And have their, their hands blown off, but can't yeah, yeah, totally. So that's the trivia. What I'm curious who you buy it. You wouldn't tell me ahead of time. <laughs> well, I was going to buy someone else, but then when I was reading, I just thought Harold Russell sounded really interesting. So I ended up buying him okay. <laughs> instead. And I didn't know about him before we watched this movie, but he was born Harold Russell in 1914 in Nova Scotia, Canada, oh. and moved to Massachusetts with his family as a young child. Um, and at the time of the December 7th, 1941 attack on Pearl Harbor, he was living in Cambridge, working at a food market, and he rushed to enlist in the United States Army the next day um, because he considered himself a failure and wanted to do something with his life. Mm. Um, on June 6, 1944, while he was an Army instructor teaching demolition work with the U.S. 13th Airborne Division in North Carolina, a defective fuse detonated TNT explosives he was handling, and he lost both hands and was given two hooks to serve his hands. Hmm. Um, I read that they actually tried to give him, you know, like prosthetics that just looked like hands, uh-huh. but didn't really do anything. But he had seen some, like the new technology somewhere of the hooks, and he wanted to try that because they could do so much more. After his recovery, while attending Boston University, he was featured in Diary of a Sergeant, which you mentioned, which was an army film about rehabilitating war veterans. Director William Wyler saw the movie and cast Russell in the best years of our lives. And he played the role of Homer, who had lost both of his hands during the war. Now, when I was watching the movie, I didn't know if he actually had lost his hands or not if he was an actor but if he had been an actor I was like wow he's like amazing with the with the usage of the hooks and yeah um but this was like a very big precedent to set of 
casting a disabled actor to play a role like that. Mm-hmm. So he won the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor for the role in 1947. Um, nobody thought he was going to win because he was up. He, he was not a professional actor and he was up against a bunch of other people who were. So earlier in the ceremony, he was awarded an honorary Oscar for, quote, bringing aid and comfort to disabled veterans through the medium of motion pictures. Mm. And that was a special award that the board created because they wanted to salute him because he got both. It was the only time in Oscar history that the Academy awarded two Oscars for the same performance. And William Wyler called his performance the finest he'd ever seen on the screen. Mm. But as a non-professional, he only earned less than $10,000 for the performance and he got no residuals. What? And this is like a kind of a theme in his life that he had a lot of um, honorific type of roles that were like volunteer based or unpaid. So like he had a lot of, it would be like, oh, I'm the president of this or whatever, but like it was all unpaid stuff. Oh. Upon completion of the film, he returned to Boston University and graduated with a business degree in 49. And he became active in AMVETS, a veterans organization that was nonprofit and volunteer based. <laughs> and he served three terms as national commander. When he, as head of the AMVETS, Russell wrote to President Truman in 51, supporting his decision to dismiss General MacArthur during the Korean War, mm. which was very controversial. And from the early 60s to the late 80s, he served as chairman of the President's Commission on Employment of the Handicapped. Hmm. So he was a big advocate for especially um, hiring disabled veterans. Hmm. In 1965, he received the Golden Plate Award of the American Academy of Achievement. And he only appeared in two other films after this one, Inside Moves in 1980 and Dogtown in 1997. He authored two autobiographies, Victory in My Hands in 49 and The Best Years of My Life in 1981. Hmm. And this is the other kind of like Academy trivia (laughs) particular to him. In 1992, he consigned his Oscar for Best Supporting Actor, which the Academy was against, but he said he needed the money to pay for his wife's medical expenses. And partially as a result of that, the Academy now requires people who win the awards to sign an agreement that they will not sell the awards. What? (laughs) Yeah. On January 29th, 2002, he died at a nursing home in Needham, Massachusetts. Wow. Yeah, so that, I just thought he had a very interesting life and, yeah. you know, not typical of a lot of the people we buy. Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. Um, so should we get into it? Yeah. Had you seen this movie before? I had not. It's funny, it came up all the time on the podcast because, it, you know, it has such a big ensemble cast mm-hmm. so that, you know, a lot of people we buy at other places are famous for it. And also, I think a lot of other movies we watched were up against it for academies. Like this was a really good academy year. <laughs> and it was like, but they lost because the best years of our lives. <laughs> Swapped everything. Yeah. yeah um, but I had not seen it before. Uh, I didn't really know too much about it. And I liked it a lot. I thought it was a good movie in the sense of like, you could see that there was really good filmmaking in it and really mm-hmm. good performances, not mm-hmm. just like an enjoyable movie. Although it was 
also enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was your take on it? We watched it probably five or six years ago now it, and in several like installments because it was so long, which I feel like I've said now a couple of times this movie is three hours long, but like that's <laughs> in some ways I, it, it, like I uh, almost didn't want it to end. I like I, when I started watching it again this time, I had forgotten how much I loved this movie. And like the minute I started watching it, I was like, oh, I love this movie. Myrna Loy is amazing. The cinematography is incredible. And these like these three men are just like, like, that's so interesting. And like, and it's set in the Midwest and like, like felt a lot of like empathy for these men. And I didn't really remember like what happened and how it ended. So like the, like the romance with Peggy, I was like, oh, what's going to happen? Um, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I, I really like this movie. I thought the scene was hilarious when Peggy goes on the double date with Fred to like snap herself out of it. And then she goes back and her father's like, well, it's, it's good you got it out of your system. And then she's like, I know what I have to do now. I'm breaking up this marriage. <laughs> <laughs> it was just so funny. Yeah. I mean, I think you said earlier that it felt contemporary. I mean, like even some of the way it, it wasn't, you know, totally frank about it, but there, there were a lot of allusions too to like sexuality in this that I was kind of surprised by. Yeah, I mean, even that, that she, like, she just, like, well, that, like, there's, they sh- it shows a kiss between Fred and Peggy, and then she's just, like, I'm breaking up that marriage, like, I love him, he loves me. You know, I was surprised to see that in, in a movie from 46. Yeah, and, like, she is obviously cast as a likable heroine and I think it would be unusual to see a film where the heroine is like I'm yeah I'm gonna uh be a homewrecker for this other (laughs) not that the marriage was good but that's it still was surprising to me and also when um Al came home for the first time Mm -hmm. he says to Millie the Myrna Loy character like does Peggy like have you talked to her about everything does she know and it sounded like he was saying like have you given her the safe sex talk (laughs) basically yeah and I mean I don't know if that's really what it was saying but it seemed like they were sort of respecting her as an adult Mm -hmm. who was gonna like have relationships yeah well and they she like in that famous scene uh you know Al says to Fred like you know we're an unusual family we actually like talk to each other and like communicate and I was like oh yeah I mean that's still true I feel like you know there's it's still unusual that like an adult child might have a close enough relationship with both of our parents to like talk openly about like a romantic challenge yeah that is true it did seem like they had a very nice family Mm -hmm. Yeah, I also, it struck me that when he came back, when Al came back and he wanted to go out, that he went out with his wife and his daughter and they mm-hmm. just like went out drinking and dancing. And I was like, they must be really close if, you know, it's just a weird combination to go out with your wife and your daughter. Yeah. Like on the town. Well, and what was funny is that in that first scene, the three of them that go out and I guess they, they leave the son at home because he's in high school still. I, although I was reading that like 
the his, that guy's the guy who played the son his contract ran out and like at the beginning of filming and they were like yeah we're just not gonna we'll just forget about that character <laughs> it did seem like i was just like what happened to that guy i was like is he just at home is he in school like they never show him anymore yeah it's like a loose end <laughs> yeah the only the, he had that weird scene with his dad where his dad was like, I brought you a sword and this flag I took off of a dead body. Like, here you go, son. And I was like, okay. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> it was really weird. I don't know. Really, there's like three storylines here of like returning veterans and them having different experiences readjusting. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, like Al seemed to be having the least difficulty yeah. like on the surface but they they met i mean he was at hiroshima yeah so whatever he saw had to be like it just awful like they uh homer said he didn't really see much action yeah i my i got the impression that al's drinking was like a new thing that he like wasn't that heavy of a drinker until he like was in the war which it was like a like because towards the end he's like promised Millie that he won't drink anymore. Yeah, that I wrote down multiple times in my notes is he an alcoholic because yeah he just seemed to be constantly getting plastered. Yeah, um, some definite self soothing happening it seemed to me. Yeah, I wondered if I, it would have been nice to show him like talking about more of the trauma, especially since that he he was supposed to have good communication with his family. Mm-hmm. but it wasn't i mean the most of that was sort of conveyed through fred with his night terrors yeah oh um, i know what did you think of the the whole deal i mean this was like shown the most through fred where everyone was like just get over it the war is over yeah <laughs> like whatever you're feeling whatever you saw nobody cares anymore and you just need to move on well that was mostly her, his wife who said that right his, it seemed like his like stepmother and dad were like you know we're proud of you and we're glad that you're back and we're happy that you're safe they were good but other people like when he went to apply for the job mm-hmm. the guy I mean, he did give him a job, but he was kind of like, you have no qualifications. Like, no one cares about the stuff you did in the war. Like, it's not real skills, basically. Yeah. I felt bad for him. And I, well, I mean, we can talk about this. We're going to have a lot of social justice stuff to talk about. But I know. I know. It, did you notice how the three stories also represented three different social classes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was interesting because Al, even though he was the most well-to-do he was only a sergeant mm-hmm. and then fred had all these decorations and was revered in the military for that but when he came home everyone was like you know we don't care about any of that you know here you can go back to working in the drugstore and it just must have felt like such a come down mm-hmm. and he almost like really didn't i kept thinking he should have stayed with his dad yeah well and that's what he ends up doing spoiler alert he and his wife end up splitting up and it sounds like that's what he does is that he goes instead of leaving boone city he goes and lives with his parent or his dad and you know gets that job as a junker yeah that and and when they showed where he came from it really was kind of just like a shack Mm -hmm. so but it it was interesting because he came back and like the same class stuff came back like you know he would reverted to being like a 
lower class person, but it also like broke down class barriers in some ways because he ends up marrying Peggy, also spoiler alert, yeah, <laughs> or getting engaged to Peggy. And that's someone from a completely different social class who he probably wouldn't have even had access to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if he hadn't been in the military like that. Yeah, get, that he does get a little bit of social, not capital, but, you know, the ability to climb socially a little bit. Yeah, and then it seemed like Homer was kind of from, like, a decent middle class background mm-hmm. yeah and he didn't have to really he didn't really have to worry about money because he was getting however many you know two hundred dollars a month or whatever from like because of the disability yeah uh some of the scenes with him were just excruciating to watch mm. like everyone sort of infantilizing him and yeah or just like like not like totally feeling obviously just uncomfortable and not really knowing what to say uh, it was awful and I loved seeing Hoagie Carmichael in this again I know. because we saw him in to have and have not mm-hmm. I guess that was last year mm-hmm. and I really like his music and everything but it was funny because like he was the only one who actually seemed to connect with Homer like across the disability and well there was Wilma that... did too well yeah Wilma eventually did no initially... Wilma did I think Wilma did like from the beginning she just like what was annoying to her was that like he was like he just like assumed that she wasn't interested in him anymore because he had this disability. And she was like, I love you. And I've always loved you. And I don't know what I can do to like convince you that I love you. I feel like she said that at the beginning and then at the end too. Yeah. She, I think it some of it was just that like, it was so direct. He almost couldn't mm-hmm. talk about it directly for a while. Mm-hmm. It seemed like his uncle had a way of coming at it sort of sideways that made him more comfortable talking about things, mm-hmm. which it was very much like a man thing. Like they're sitting at the piano playing the song and all. And if Butch was playing a song, then they would talk about things, but they like weren't looking at each other. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're like, like a man thing <laughs> side by side doing something else. And so they were able to talk about their feelings. <laughs> I liked that ending though with I didn't know what was going to happen with them and honestly when when uh Homer was out in the shed like practicing his shooting and stuff I was like oh no this isn't going to end in him dying by suicide is it because I I can't handle that right now but I like the way the movie was going I didn't know like I was actually very happy that it had a positive ending for all three of the characters I didn't know if it was going that direction yeah it, it was a little rocky for a little while. Yeah, and I know you had seen it before, so you probably, like, weren't as nervous. But... but I couldn't remember how it ended, so I still was like, surely this has a happy ending. <laughs> what did you think of Myrna Loy's character? Oh my god, I love her so much. I know. <laughs> I loved all the little, like, quippy things that she said, like, you know, the night that her husband comes home and is, like, totally drunk, and she's like, just like yeah I'll, I'll go out with you and yes i'll carry you home and then i'll make you breakfast in bed the next day and whatever it was just very like quippy and like sweet and and like but also like the kind of character that like like she had to endure a lot um during the war you know without her husband there yeah yeah it's i was like impressed that they must have had such a good relationship for for him to come back and kind of be in that 
state of like trying to escape and like drinking and all of that. And she didn't seem like, you know, concerned at some level, but it didn't seem like she was worried like, oh, is this the direction he's going? And now like she just seemed to have confidence in him. Yeah. And in their relationship. Well, and I, I, what did you think about, you know, when Peggy was like sobbing and she was like, you know, I just want to be like you guys, you never had any problems. And Millie was like, Millie and and Al both kind of like looked at each other and looked at their daughter and they're like, we can't even tell you the number of times that we've just like struggled, you know, fallen out of love and had to like convince each other to like stay and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. That felt so, so modern. Mm Mm-hmm. That it was like their relationship seemed so real. It was really good. <laughs> this this is just a funny aside, hell, but this movie made me realize that like part of the reason I like Myrna Loy is that my grandmother looked like her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like it, I noticed it more in this movie, I think, because she was like Myrna Loy was a little bit older. Mm-hmm. But like my gr- my grandmother was the same era, like had the same hairstyle. Hmm. Same like wide set eyes hmm. and like smile, like all of that. And I was just like, oh, this is just another reason that I love Mir Deloy, like on top of everything else. <gasps> She's just so amazing. She has like this perfect way of conveying sort of like a wry knowingness mm-hmm. that I just love and want to emulate. Yeah, I love her so much. <laughs> um we should just have like a a Myrna Loy like film festival we should a whole year of Myrna Loy movies because she was this that role could have very easily been like just the like sappy devoted wife and it wasn't yeah yeah you could totally tell that she had had like a life without him but like when he came home she was very happy to see him like a like they had a healthy relationship yeah uh it was really sweet and like when he came home unexpectedly and she was so excited I also thought it was telling that when he came in the door like he was happy to see his kids but he primarily like wanted to see his wife Mm -hmm. and I feel like that felt different to me Mm -hmm. too like I think if there was a movie about servicemen coming home today it would be like oh I'm gonna hug my kids first Mm -hmm. but in this it was more like their relationship was the primary Mm -hmm. like you know the center of the family yeah yes yeah and that shot when he like comes in and she's at the other end of the hallway and they're just like looking at each other for the first time oh that's so good Well, I think the only thing we haven't really discussed is Fred's marriage to Marie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, What did you think about that? Um, Well, so I'm like very interested in this historical period. I feel like I've read so many books about this and like people getting married really quickly like that who didn't Mm -hmm. know each other. Um, Mm -hmm. So it didn't surprise me. But I I think I was I've seen it like I've read more about it going the other way. Like the guy just like the girl kind of gets shafted. I was surprised that she was just so obviously like, look, I don't want to hear about your troubles and you're not making enough money. So yeah, I'm out. Like she was just very cold hearted. And yeah. 
Well, and it must have been so like hard for her to like, you know, that they met and they got married so quickly and then he went away and she like had the best of both worlds kind of that like where she had a husband, but she also could like work, you know, at the nightclub and, you know, like have that life and make a lot of money and like be independent. Yes, of course, the like huge worry of her husband being in the war, but she lived her own independent life. And then here he comes back and she like sees him and is like, oh, you're like so decorated. You're like this decorated war hero. But then, but then you like can't find a job, which like, uh, when you're like stuck in a like you can't find a job and also you don't want me to work so like what the heck you know the the problem of like strict gender roles I guess yeah I actually I mean the dynamic between Fred and Marie was some of the like worst gender dynamics in the movie he's like grabbing her and saying like you're not going out and he yeah like it made no sense that like he was having trouble getting a job but he also told her that she couldn't work yeah it was like well dude well and that they like wouldn't have a conversation about it so like all of a sudden he's like coming home and is like we're having eggs tonight for dinner because and we're not going out because we don't have any money left like why are you just having that conversation now why didn't you have that conversation like five hundred dollars ago yeah and he flat out lied to her prior to that like he told her that they had all this money no he didn't lie they just spent it all because he said he had a thousand dollars but then because he didn't get a job because he couldn't find a job they spent it all Oh, okay. I thought he had told her they had a thousand and he had at one point had a thousand, but really that he no longer had it. Yeah. I think he no longer had it because time passed and he couldn't find a job. So they were living off the thousand dollars. So this is going to be a very ignorant East Coast elite, East Coast elite question. Um, where is Boone City? It's a made-up city. Okay, so it's not real. No, it's made okay. up. And yeah, the trivia I saw said that it was based on Cincinnati. Oh, okay. Why did they act like it was this super small town then? Like, Cincinnati's not a small town. Because when they were going out to all these clubs, I was like, what small town has, like, this many places to go dancing and, like, nightclubs and stuff? I know. I know. Yeah, for some reason, I was thinking it was Iowa, and I don't know <laughs> I just assume it's always Iowa. When you think of the backwoods of the Midwest, you think of Iowa. Pretty much. But uh, you know what? I actually like that she was the one to initiate their separation for the divorce because it made it seem... I think it was like slightly more redeeming for Fred as a character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that he like was trying to tough it out, and then yeah, he was the one who was like, "No, I'm not doing this." Yeah, because it. I mean, it didn't seem like they honestly gave it that much of a chance, but it also they were not communicating well at all. And if no, I, I he was the only character that I was kind of like, I don't know, Peggy, <laughs> like. <laughs> Uh, like I liked him to an extent but I also thought like if that was how he treated Marie I don't know how he would be when times got tough no I totally get that but I also think oh maybe he's just he's acting like this because he is extremely unhappy and like isn't where he knows he wants to be like he's not with Peggy so and like maybe he would have been happier with Marie had he never met Peggy but he just knew she was out there yeah it was interesting how they just immediately fell in love Mm -hmm. and I liked Peggy's whole tone with him Mm -hmm. from the time they first met Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Like that sort of sly humor and everything. She just seemed very cool. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, talk about a strong woman. Yeah. She worked at the hospital. Yeah. 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 I liked her a lot. (laughs) What about when he kisses her and he says, that shouldn't have happened, but I guess it had to. And then (laughs) I was like, okay. And then he's like, bye. <laughs> I feel like we're we're probably talking too long about this movie, but it is a long movie. So what did you think of the scene <laughs> where he's at the drugstore and then that yeah. guy sitting at the counter is like, you know, the whole war was for nothing. And you can read about it right here. And we fought on the wrong side. Blah, blah, yeah. blah. I mean, I was like, I mean, first of all, dude, you know, you're talking to a veteran who lost his hands in the war. So like, shut up. And then yeah. like, what a like, I, I'm sure there were some things that like, you know, we could have done differently in that war, of course, but don't say it to the guy who lost his hands that you've just like, you haven't even like introduced yourself to come on. And then I loved that, like Fred came and like punched him. Yeah. Such a good like ally moment. (laughs) Yeah, I supported him. I for a second I really thought that Homer was gonna like hook punch him. And I was like, that you would basically like kill this guy if you did that. But I was surprised that someone who was against the war, a Nazi sympathizer, would just be that openly saying it in a public space. Yeah. I mean, because you you have us I mean, you've done work on this historical period. Like, did you do you feel like that was a common sentiment in the U.S.? Um, I have no idea. It seems it seems like highly unusual. Yeah, And even if it was like even if people did feel that way, I feel like they especially after like we won the war. (laughs) It just doesn't seem like the kind of thing you would say in public. Yeah to a veteran that just seems like I don't know that just seems so rude (laughs) yeah oh that was awful and I felt so bad because Homer was in a really low spot Mm -hmm. at that point and then just to hear someone say like you lost your hands for no reason yeah like what is the what is the productive it's not a good thing no I've been living my own life making my own decisions for a long while now it's impossible to go back to being treated like a child again well, should we talk about Bechtel? Yeah, I've been thinking about this all day, about whether or not this movie passes the Bechtel test. I think it does. Can you think of an example where two women are talking, but they aren't talking about a man? I think it would just be um, Millie and Peggy when they're kind of talking about, like, going about their days and she's going to work. Like, she's talking about the hospital, like, at the breakfast table. Yeah, just... That seems very, very brief. I guess it counts. <laughs> I mean, the, uh, I think they're the only two women. Well, no, that's not true because Peggy and Marie talk. Yeah, but they're talking, like, ostensibly they're talking about Fred. Yeah, I think that Millie and Peggy are the only two women who could be talking about something else. Yeah. But I, this movie does have, like, a decent number of developed women characters yeah i mean that is like even if they're not talking about men they're yeah they do there's three developed four developed characters if you include wilma yeah and then there's also the um fred stepmother i'm gonna say it passes okay i won't (laughs) we all want to help one another human beings are like that we want to live by each other's happiness not by each other's misery what about 
social justice. I mean, we we talked about a lot of things already. Yeah, I mean, I think it definitely like def- definitely from an angle of like rehabilitating people coming back from the war. You know, the one thing that I wish this movie had had was like a black serviceman coming yeah. back because that would have been so remarkably different, I think. Would have had a totally different tone and would have underlined like even more like the lack of support for servicemen coming back. But I think the movie deals with, uh, you know, just like the struggle to reintegrate and the struggle to find work and the struggle to be accepted with a disability, both like yourself, like accepting of yourself and like finding acceptance in the wider world without people like staring at you. Yeah, it is interesting because like you could understand Homer's perspective of like him questioning whether Wilma would want to spend her life with him when he is different now. Mm -hmm. But then I read a lot of things from the other perspective too, where it's like people were just so thrilled that their loved ones came home Mm because so many people just didn't come home and they Mm -hmm. didn't care about Mm -hmm. injuries and things like that because they still got to have them with them. Mm-hmm. so I mean, it was it, I thought the wedding ending was really lovely mm-hmm. yeah. with like Fred standing up with him and like everyone together and it, somehow it like didn't feel that corny either to me Mm-mm. yeah somehow they managed to not make it seem totally hokey yeah so I I totally agree with you though about the fit like the film having no engagement with race because in some ways it feels like Fred is like an inferior stand-in for if they had had mm-hmm. a black service member mm-hmm. and you know it would have shown a lot more <laughs> having to go back to like a life of discrimination and like being left out of the GI bill and like mm-hmm. all of this stuff mm-hmm. um so yeah but overall I thought it was pretty social justice mm-hmm. yeah well what would you rate it I'm gonna give it a 4.5 half a point out just for length <laughs> yeah I agree with you I I would say a 4.5 and like I understand why it was as long as it was because they it really each of their stories could have been its own movie yeah it really could have been so it was long for a reason but yeah I liked it and I would recommend I already have been telling people about it like you need to watch this movie for all of these (laughs) reasons I think I already converted a couple of people who were like okay I'm gonna try it um so Hillary what's our next movie Funny Face is our next movie it's a real abrupt transition (laughs) (laughs) I was gonna say what is the adjective you are going to use? <laughs> a yes. funny, a funny transition. Yes, it's a. Uh, we're gonna go from the the world of um, returning war veterans to the world of fashion. That's right. May it please the court, I submit that my entire line of defense is based on the proposition that persons of the female sex should be dealt with before the law as the equals of persons of the male sex. Follow The Screen Sirens on Twitter at The Screen Sirens. Leave us a review on iTunes or SoundCloud to help other people find us. And become a patron at patreon.com slash The Screen Sirens. Thanks for listening. After all, tomorrow is another day.